Pastor Jessica. Um, thank you. Welcome to church, everyone. Um, thank you, Pastor Steve, for the opportunity to share the word of God this morning. Um, shall we pray? Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the opportunity to be here in your presence. We pray, Jesus, that you take absolute control of everything we are going to do today. We ask, O oh God, that your power will be present in Jesus' name. We ask, O oh God, that you give me utterance, clarity of speech and expression of oh God. Holy Spirit, take absolute control of this service. We pray that you give us an ear to listen to the word of God and a heart to receive the word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Right, so this morning I'm just going to discuss a brief message on the importance of the gathering of the church, why it is important for the church to um, meet or to gather. Um, I pray that it's going to be a blessing for you today. Um, let's, let's read um, from John chapter 2, verse 13 to 17. The Bible says, Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went to Jerusalem, and he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and dough and doves, and the money changers doing business. When he had when he when he had a he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen and poured out the money changers, the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves take these things away do not make my father's house a house of merchandise then the disciples remembered that it was written zeal for your house has eaten me up and then again i want us to read um luke chapter 4 verse 14 to 16 then jesus returned in the power of the spirit to galilee the news of him went out all through all the surround, surrounding regions and he taught in the synagogue being glorified by all and he came to nazareth where he was brought up as he was his custom he went into the synagogue on the sabbath day and stood up to read so the, the scripture we just read says that it was the custom of jesus christ it was his practice something that he used to do to go into the temple on the sabbath day now for a short time for a short um, period of time we have been on we have been having service through um live streaming because we had to obey the instructions from the government and the instructions from our governors as good citizens as people who comply with instructions from um our leaders we were supposed to have service through live streaming and we thank god for the blessings that we have enjoyed the past one year of having been able to have service through Zoom. And I believe that it has been a great blessing. But then as we prepare to go back for in-person service, we have to remind ourselves again of the benefits of having in-person service, the benefit of uh, meeting as a body of Christ and having fellowship in person. There are two things that we have to guide against as we prepare to go back to church. The first one is convenience. Because the, the, I've read stories, I was reading articles online of how convenient the online service and live streaming service has become for a lot of people. One person was sharing her testimony that, oh, for now she doesn't have to 
go through the rush of getting all the kids ready for service. They can just all sit home and watch the service together. And and so he was the, she was telling her pastor that it would be a long time before um, the pastor sees her in person. And another person also said, oh, this is very convenient. She can just be in bed and then join the service. So it's, it's very convenient for her. And this is one thing that we have to guard against. When we, when we are talking about our relationship with God, it is not a matter of convenience. It is a matter of our conviction about God. Especially here in the society that we live in now, people don't want to go through any form of inconvenience at all. Especially when it comes to the work of God or when it comes to um, church, people will rather choose the side of convenience. Whatever they are comfortable with, if if whatever they are going to do in church is going to create them, is going to create a little discomfort for them, then they will not do it at all. But this is one thing that we have to guard against. God first inconvenienced himself when Jesus Christ took upon him the nature of man and put aside his God nature, came to the earth, allowed himself to be born by a man, was fed by a woman, grew up in in a society of men, walked about on the earth, allowed himself to be insulted, blasphemed against, nailed to the cross. God first took that inconvenient step for us. And if we are serving him or we have to go through some sort of inconvenience, as we might term it, actually coming to church shouldn't be an inconvenience for you. But don't let the convenience of having online service stop you from coming to church, from joining us when we meet in person. God has taken the first step for you by inconveniencing himself, allowing Jesus Christ to be born. And so as we go back to have service in person this is one thing that you have to, you have to think about whenever you consider the fact that oh it's going to be i feel more convenient it i feel it's more convenient um having online service think about the fact that your relationship with god your service to god is not an issue of convenience but it's an issue of your conviction about god what you believe about him how convicted are you the bible tells us how jacob was able to serve and it was just a few years for him in his eyes it was just a few years he served 14 years for the woman he loved and it was just a few years for him big bible says because of the love that he had for rahel it was just a few years for him and so if the service if the church service appears to be too long for you then you should check the love that you have for God. If the church service appears to be an inconvenience for you, check your love for God. Examine how much you love God. The Bible says God demonstrated his love towards us first by allowing Jesus Christ to die for us. And so there is nothing we can do for God that that should be an inconvenience for us because God took the first step for us. And so as we get ready to go back to church, guard against convenience or thinking that church service is going to be inconvenience if you have to travel to church the second thing you have to guard against is fear most people i mean most people now are not afraid of covid as they used to 
not to say that COVID is not still around, but most people were not are not afraid. We still go to the supermarket. We go to all the places that we... I mean, everything has started opening up. And a lot of churches are opening up now. And so as we open the church up now to meet in person, I believe that we should receive this with joy as something that we have missed. And we should come back to church and worship and fellowship together. We should guard against fear. We should not be under the bondage of fear. Bible tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love. And of a sound mind. And so anytime you begin to have fear, know that it's not coming from God. But it's coming from the devil. Anything God has not given you, then it's coming from the devil. And so fear is not, we should not give in to fear and we should not come under the bondage of fear. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear. And of course, the church is going to take every necessary precaution to make sure that the members are safe. We are definitely going to follow the CDC guidelines. We are not going to even behave like how other people behave. I mean, I was just talking with Pastor Steve on how people are celebrating um, the, the games, the football games now. They go out there in crowd. They hold their hands. They celebrate. They, um, they give each other high five. They are enjoying. You see, that is where their passion is. And so now people have started going back to basketball games. People have started going back to baseball games. People have started going back to football games, soccer games. And they are enjoying. They are having fun. They are screaming. They are shouting. Some of the, A lot of them don't have their nose marks on. So I don't understand why believers and Christians are not ready to go to church. Where lies your passion? Somebody has a passion for soccer. So they will go and sit down irrespective of whatever risks. And usually, most of them are not even practicing social distancing. But when we open the church up and we say, okay, we are going to practice social distancing, everybody come to the church service now. Don't let the fear of COVID keep you away. Amen. Because people are going to places where they have a passion for. And so, as a child of God, if your passion is for God, if your love is for God, if your zeal is for God, just like we read right now, the Bible says that Jesus, the Bible, um, Jesus Christ, the zeal of the house of God had eaten him up. He had a passion and a zeal for God that he wanted to cleanse the temple. He wanted the temple to be a place that people come to worship and not where people come to sell. He had a zeal for the house of God. So this morning, stir up your zeal for God. Stir, stir up your zeal for, for the house of God and know that Fear should not have the better, the better part of your life. Faith is what comes from God. The Bible says so many times, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. And if the Bible continues to tell us not to fear, then fear is something that we must deal, um, we must not deal gently with so far as um, our lives is concerned, as far as how we live our lives is concerned. Because God does not want us to fear. So don't let the fear of COVID keep you away from coming for, for the service. We are going to um, practice social distancing. We are definitely going to um, make sure that we apply all the CDC guidelines. And so if even unbelievers are not afraid now, unbelievers who have no relationship with God are not afraid now, that I don't see any reason why the children of God should be afraid when we have been told so many times not to fear. And so don't let fear keep you away from coming for the service. I want to discuss eight importance of um, the gathering of the saints. And the first one is from the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 
sorry, Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. The church was birthed out of a gathering. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they appeared to them, divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each one of them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm sorry, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Note the first verse. It says that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were with one accord in one place. This was the birth of the church. This was how the church was born. The church was born out of a gathering. The day of Pentecost represented the 50th the 50th day of the Passover. It was also known as the feast of weeks or the first fruit of wheat. And during this celebration the Jewish people would come together and then they would bring their first fruit to God. So it was a celebration of the first fruit. And God, um, God in his wisdom chose this day to be the day that he launches the church. The day that the Holy Spirit comes of, up, upon the people. It is the beginning of the church age. And the church was born out of a gathering. That was how the church was born. So gathering as a church will continue to be part of our DNA. It will continue to be part of our identity. The assembly of people, as Pastor Steve told us, that when they spoke about the church in, in those times, it was an assembly of people. And this was how the church was born. This is how the church was this was the identity of the church from the beginning jesus christ instructed the disciples that go and wait in jerusalem and you shall receive the power this was the day the church was born and so gathering as the people of god or gathering as the church of god has always been part of the identity of the church it is part of the church dna it is how the church was born and so we'll continue to meet in person we thank God for technology now that we are able to do live streaming. We are able to meet virtually and have service. But one very important form of uh, one very important part of our identity is the gathering of believers. And so let's not um, neglect this as the days goes by, as we have been instructed by the Lord. The church age will also end up in a gathering. The church age will end in a gathering the bible tells us from first thessalonians that for the lord himself will descend in, in um, from heaven with a shout and the voice of an archangel and with a trumpet of god and the dead in christ will rise first then those who are alive will, and and remain shall be caught up together the church and the church age i'm sorry is going to end in a gathering and so the church must continue to meet as a body of Christ because it's part of our identity. Thirdly, the church thrives and on fellowship and gathering. When you read Acts chapter um, chapter 2, verse 42, the Bible says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in breaking of bread, and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possession and goods and divided them among all as, as anyone had need. So continuing daily, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking of bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily as we're being saved. 
So the church thrives on fellowship and gathering. And so anything that attacks fellowship, anything that attacks gathering, affects the church in one way or the other. And so all the three points and the three um, passages of scripture that I've read, there's one thing you, you note that runs in all of them, is that they were together. They were one. They were uh, of one accord. It runs through all the three um, different passages that I've read. It tells you that being one and meeting together is one of the main bloodlines of the church. That is going to cause the church to grow. That is going to cause the church to um, thrive. And therefore, as people of God, we need to have this in mind. Let's always remember that it took other people to stand in difficult situations. It took other people to sacrifice so many things so that we will still have a church that we are calling a church today. We will still have a gathering of people that we call a church today. It took the sacrifices of so many people and they passed on the baton to us. And it's our time. If we are running in a 400 meter race and your baton is passed on onto you, you shouldn't be the one who drops the baton. You shouldn't be the one who caused the whole team to fail. So this, the church, the meeting of the church is not going to end in our generation. We will not be the generation that will cause the, the meeting of the church as a body to end. And that is why we also have to st stand up and fight for the faith, our faith and continue to thrive that the church will continue to expand because we want to hand over a thriving church to the next generation. And so... Let's have this in mind, that the church was, was birthed out of a gathering. The church age will end in a gathering. And the church thrives when we meet together. Bible says they were all with one accord. They had one mind. And the Lord added unto the church as many as were being saved. The fourth thing is that our gathering is in, in obedience to the instruction of the Lord. When you read Psalm 50, verse 2 to 5, the Bible says that out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God will shine forth. Our God shall come and shall not keep silent. A fire shall devour before him, and it shall be very tempestuous all around him. He shall call to the heavens from above and the earth, and they may judge his people. And that he may judge his people. Verse 5 says that gather my sins, my sins to, together to me. So all along in the Old Testament, it has been God's desire that the people of God will be gathered together. In Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24, the Bible says, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together in the manner of some, but exalting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. The day that the, the Bible is talking about here is the end of the age. The Bible says, as we see the day approaching, we should continue to assemble together and we should not neglect the assembling of the people, but we should exhort one another. We should provoke each other onto good work. As the day continues to go to, um, to approach as the day comes closer, there is going to be, the Bible tells us that there is going to be, the love of a lot of people is going to grow cold. Sin is going to abound. 
People are going to live lives without God. And as these days continue to draw closer, the children of God have to continue to meet together so that we strengthen one another. And that is why church is so important. That is why coming to church is so important. If you decide to follow God, if you decide to be obedient to God, then you cannot say that I'm going to do this in isolation. And so the Bible admonishes us that as we see the end approaching, we should continue to assemble together. That is what the Lord expects us to do. And so let's not neglect the assembling of the people of God, either to fear or, or um, to fear or to convenience that we feel that it's convenient. But out of the whole out of the whole week, you are just going to take two hours out of the, the week and spend that time in the presence of God with the people of God. And I don't think that this should be too difficult a thing for us to do. If we really love God and if we identify ourselves as people of God, if we identify ourselves as Christians, then I don't think it should be too difficult for us to do because we, have, we, we spend our week doing so many other things, some of them profitable, some of them unprofitable. But spending just two hours in the presence of God shouldn't be too difficult a task for us. So the Bible says, as we see the end approaching, and this also tells us that as the end approaching, as, as the end approaches, meeting as a church will, will prove more difficult and difficult for some people because the love of a lot of people will grow cold. And that's why the Bible warns us that we should not neglect the assembling of the people of God. And so it is important that we continue to meet as a people of God. We thank God for technology and the blessings that we have in technology now that we can have virtual service. But it's important that as people of God, we continue to meet and we continue to gather to have fellowship. The fifth point is that the Lord commands his blessings upon us when we gather. When we meet together as the body of Christ, the blessings of the Lord is commanded upon us. The blessings of the Lord comes upon us. In Psalm 133, the Bible says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. So it is a pleasant thing for us to meet together as a family of God and to be in unity. He says, It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garment. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the Mount of Zion. For there, the Lord commanded his blessings, life forevermore. So God commands his blessing. He describes the, the, um, the, the gathering of the people of God as pleasant. And he compares it to the precious oil that comes upon the head of Aaron and runs down to his beard, even unto his garment. And he says, it is like the dew of Hermon descending from the Mount of Zion. For that is the place the Lord commands his blessing. So as we meet in unity as the people of God, as we meet in fellowship, and as we gather together, the Lord commands his blessings upon us. There are things that we might be praying about. There are things that we are expecting from God. But God released those blessings upon us as we meet together he commands those blessings to come upon us i've had testimonies of people who have seen visions of angels distributing packages to people in a church service and so it's 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 
those um that type of vision supports this this scripture that the lord commands his blessings upon us when we come together as the people of god and when we serve god when we worship god in in the sanctuary when we worship god and we, we come to meet we meet together in the church settings the lord commands his blessings upon us the next thing is that the garden of the church is a pattern of heaven when we meet together it is just we rehearsing what we are going to do in heaven because in heaven it is going to be a gathering just like we we we, we, we have here on earth and so when god was instructing moses on how to build a temple he gave him specific instructions on how he wanted a temple to look and so the things that we do here on earth is just a dress rehearsal of what we are going what we are going to experience in heaven in, in the book of hebrews the bible tells us that but we have not come to Mount Zion and to the city. I'm sorry, but we have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels and to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven and to God, the judge of all things, to the spirit of, to the spirit of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of abel so this scripture was comparing the gathering of the people of god to when they first gathered in the mount uh, in, in mount sinai where the people were even afraid to touch the mountain because they were going to be killed but he says that but we have not come to mount zion i'm sorry we have not come to mount, mount sinai but we have come to mount zion the city of the living god the heavenly jerusalem to the company of innumerable number of angels or innumerable company of angels it means that when we gather as the children of god there are angels in our midst the bible says where two or three people are gathered in my name i am there with them and so when we gather in the name of the lord god is there with us we have come to the general assembly of and the church of the firstborn registered in heaven and so what when the church gathers what we do is we rehearse how we are going to live or how heaven is going to be like how the end of the age is going to be like and so the gathering of the church will continue to be an important part of the church that cannot be taken away um i hear a lot of people um, use the term the new normal and and it's almost becoming like then the church is going to enter into a new normal that um, um, churches will continue to be to be held virtually. But in as much as we receive the blessing of having a virtual service, we must understand that gathering as the people of God is an integral part of our identity as the body of Christ. It is part of our DNA. And there's no way we are going to give up gathering. And there's no way we should give up the gathering of ourselves together. Of course, when it was necessary for us to be obedient to the instructions of our leaders, we did that. And the Bible expects us to be obedient to our leaders and to follow the laws of our nation. But now, things have opened up and therefore we must also be ready to receive um, the opening up of the church.
we must be eager to receive the opening of the, of the church. I believe that all of us here on the line this morning, we go to Walmart, we go to um, Costco, we go to Sam's Club, we interact with people. I'm sure some of us have even dropped our, nose, our masks now. And we, 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 we go through, we, we have various gatherings. So if we have all these gatherings, then why is it, why would it be impossible for us to meet as the body of Christ? I know that all of us here will come to church when church finally opens. Because we understand that the gathering of the saints is an important part of our identity as the body of Christ. Now, the seventh thing or the next point is that when we gather as the children of God, we use our spiritual gift to the benefit of one another. The Bible tells us that there are different ministries by the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And so when we come together as the body of Christ, we use our gift to help, um, to bless one another. We were not created for social distancing. We were not created for isolation. God created us to be interdependent on one another. God created us to have fellowship with one another. That is how God made us. That is how God, because God made us in his own image and it's, it's part of God to have, it is part of the identity of God to have fellowship. So God has innumerable number of angels around him and God desires to have fellowship with us. And that is why one of the basic needs of every man is to have fellowship with another person. And so having fellowship, um, and God gave each one of us different, different gifts. And so when we come to church service, somebody will use the gift of his gift of singing. Somebody will use the gift of decoration, arranging the whole place for the, for, for, for the people to come and sit down. Somebody will use the gift of ushering. Somebody else will use the gift of preaching. Somebody will use the gift of um, prophesying. Somebody will use the gift of um, um tongues to bless all of us so the gifts that god has given each one of us is for the benefit of one another and the spiritual gift especially is for the benefit of one another and so when we meet as the body of christ we use this gift to edify each other and that is why the gifts are given to us to use for the benefit of one another to use for the edification of one another and the gathering of the people of God actually stirs up the gift in us. It sharpens the gift in us. When we meet in worship, when we meet in prayer, when we meet um, to fellowship, it's, uh, it sharpens and stirs up the gift so that we can see the gifts of God in manifestation. And that is one of the main reasons why God gave us the spiritual gift. It's for the benefit of all. It's not for just one person to sit in his house and prophesy to himself and speak uh, and receive the tongue to himself and his family. But it's for the edification of the body of Christ. Again, when we meet as the body of Christ, we receive instructions. And that is why God has given us gifts. The Bible says he gave some to be pastors, some to be teachers, apostles, um, um, and prophet, evangelists, for the edification of the saints, for the work of the ministry. And so when we come to church, we receive instructions, we receive edification. So 
it is very, very important that we continue to assemble together as the people of God because it helps in sharpening the gift of God. Now, one other important thing, like I said earlier, is that all of us are encouraged when we meet together. As the people of God, we all receive encouragement from one another. Now, when we go through, when we go to um, th- throughout the week, when we go through so many things, there are a lot of things that happen in our workplaces, in our normal course of lives, in our families. And when we come together as the people of God, then we receive edification. We are encouraged. One very um, interesting story we see in the book of Acts is when the disciples were threatened that they should not preach in the name of Jesus Christ. And as soon as they were threatened, they were beaten and they were released. They came together. They went, the Bible says, and they went to their companions. In Acts chapter 4, I think, um, verse 23, it says, and being let go, they went to their own companions and reported that all that the chief priests and the elders had said. So who do you call your companions? When life is hard on you, when you go through your week and you are stressed, when you go through the week and you are burnt out, where do you go to receive companionship? Where do you go to receive edification? Which people do you go and fellowship with? When the disciples were threatened, they went back to their own companions as children of god our companions are fellow believers and fellow people um, fellow the fellow, um the other people that we have this we share the same faith with they are our companions and so when we go through the week and we go through all the difficulties in out there in the world it is important that we come back to our companions and we are edified and we are strengthened and so when they came came back to their companions the bible says that they prayed together and, and, and this is how they prayed in verse 29. It says that now, Lord, look on their threat and grant to your servant that with all boldness we may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus Christ. And when they had prayed, the place that they were assembled together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke the word of God with boldness. And so when Peter and the other disciples were threatened, they came, they came back to their own companion. And the Bible says they were assembled together and they prayed and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. That is one thing that the assembling of the people of God does to us. When we come together, we are encouraged, we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we receive boldness again to go out there and do what God has instructed us to do. And so the gathering of the people of God will continue to be an important part of the church. Now, the last thing I want to um, touch on, this was not part of my original notes, but I just added that this morning. It's the laying on of hands is a fundamental part of our doctrine as believers. Yes, there's so many things that we can declare out here and it's going to happen. But the laying on of hands and praying for other believers is one important um, foundation of the Christian doctrine. In Acts chapter 9, verse 10, when Paul lost his sight and God wanted to restore his sight, Paul was praying 
And he was then called Saul. He was praying. But God had to instruct another person called Ananias to go and lay hands on Paul and pray for Paul. So God could have opened his, his eyes straight away. But still God instructed that somebody go out there to lay hands on him. In Acts chapter 9 verse 10 and 12, the Bible says, Now there, were, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise, go to the street called Straight, and inquire of the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying, and in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, so that he might receive his sight. And so God sent Ananias to go and lay hands on Paul, so that he might receive his sight. Paul again writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. He says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hand of my hands. So when men of God lay hands and they pray on people, there is a gift. They impact the gift of God into the people. And this is one very important um, building block of Christian, our Christian faith. In Romans 1, verse 11 and 12, Paul again says that, For I long to see you, that I may impact some spiritual gift, so that you may be established. And so when Paul wanted to meet the disciples, he wanted to be in a gathering with them. He wanted to be in a meeting with them, so that he could impact spiritual gift to them. This tells me that when we meet together as the children of God, when we assemble together, there are impartations of spiritual gift that we receive in those gatherings. And so, with these few points and so many others that you already know, let's see the gathering of the saints as something that is so important. Let's not give it up because something came into the world that changed our way of living. But let's remember that our identity as the people of God is that we'll continue to assemble together. We'll continue to have fellowship so that we'll enjoy all these benefits. We'll enjoy the benefit of fellowship. We'll enjoy the benefit of receiving impartation. We'll enjoy the benefit of the Lord commanding his blessings upon us. These um, benefits are all things that we enjoyed as a result of our meeting. And so... I just wanted to remind all of us this morning that as we get ready to go back for in-person service, let's not be deceived. Let's not allow the devil to tell us that, oh, whatever you get online, whatever you get in in-person service, you can get it online. No. But there are blessings that we receive from in-person service. And so let's see in-person service as something that is very important for our faith as children of God and for our walk with God because we are not created by God to walk in isolation. Christianity is not for you to be alone, but then for you to be part of a family, for you to be part of a church gathering, so that we can edify one another, so that we can strengthen one another. And so as we prepare to go back for in-service, let's in-person service, let's prepare our hearts and let's be receptive to our leader as he leads us. And let's trust God, that God is able to protect and preserve us. Even those who don't have God right now, don't walk in fear. 
And so we are not supposed to walk in fear as children of God. Let's be receptive to the fact that we thank God that at least this COVID has gone down. We have Things are opening up again. So let's open up and embrace it. Let's receive it and let's not reject it. Let's receive it that things are opening up. It is good for us to meet in person again and have service. God bless you and shall we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this morning as we meet here to, to, um, to share your word. We rebuke every form of fear in the name of Jesus. For your word has said that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but you have given us a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Therefore, we walk in power in the name of Jesus. We come against every fear that the enemy tries to whisper into our heart. We come against every form of deception that the enemy tried to whisper into our life, trying to um, deceive us that the meeting of the saints is not necessary. We come against that form of deception on the life of every member. And we pray, God, that you prepare our heart to receive the ministry again, to, to receive your ministry again as we come together. We, we prepare our heart that we will enjoy fellowship, fellowshipping together as your people. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, O oh God, that we'll be obedient to the leader that you have set, you have set for us, O oh God, for this moment. In Jesus' mighty name, thank you for this service. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.